This is no ordinary pod. No ordinary pod. And that's the voice of Noah Hemer, who is relieved from finals week being over. You know, he has a week it's week off until school starts right back up. But I could feel the relieving when you were singing your own version of Shaw Day's No Ordinary Love. It was it was gorgeous, Noah. Thank you. Thank you. It is uh I had my last final this morning at 7.30, which was kind of lame because I literally went, was there for 15 minutes and then left. So kind of sucks to have to be up that early just for a 15-minute test. But we're done. Grades are looking solid. So um, on comes melting season in Tallahassee and summer classes. Oh, man, the humidity's crazy up there. And I should say, this is no ordinary pot on the Radio St. Pete Network as well. I should make that known. Um Shout out to Radio St. Pete, Radio St. Pete community as always. But you're feeling great. I'm feeling great. Got some personal stuff, personal wins. Although if my team Liverpool had a very, very tough loss yesterday against Barcelona. Yesterday, this we're recording this Thursday evening at 6.50. Normal people time. This isn't a 1.45 in the morning recording. But energy, energy levels are good. We have football to talk about. This could be the last time we get to talk about football. Go have the NFL create news for us himself. And that is, we have the NFL draft. We're going to recap that. Go over the Bucks draft. Go over our favorite matches. I know you want to talk about Daryl Henderson to the Rams, as probably as I do. And But before we get to that, a player who's probably been one of the three most talked about players on this podcast, right behind Kirk Cousins. Shout out Kirk. Vikings sent you out the quarterback to, to push Kirk Cousins. <laughs> They had so many. They had Dan, they had Daniel Jones. Oh, that's his name, right? Yeah, Daniel Jones. They had they could they could have done so much more. But kudos them for drafting the O lineman. We're not going to talk about the Vikings. Um, we're talking at least about, not yet. We'll try not to. We'll very. We'll try. We're going to keep positivity in this podcast. But we're going to talk about your boy, Josh Rosen, who was traded to the Miami Dolphins. Has a home now. Feels good. There were some. There were some. Did you see Steve Smith's rant about Josh Rosen? I did. I didn't listen to it. I didn't feel like the need to listen to it because I'm not someone who wants to listen to those rants anyway. But what were your thoughts? Very quickly before we go into the dynamics of Josh Rosen, the Dolphins draft as in general, and what they're doing and how people they're doing the Astro Ball Astro Ball method, not Moneyball Astro Ball method, which is a new book came out this year written by Ben Reader. I recommend reading that if you want to understand. This how teams are going to be built moving forward analytically and combining analytically with the gut feeling. I'm going to gush about it all the time. Before we get into that, what are your thoughts on Steve Smith ranting saying, oh, he unfollowed him on Instagram. He should have stayed and competed for his job. What are your thoughts on that? Because I've, I assume you're a Steve Smith fan, like most diehard football fans are. Yes. Um, it was tough to listen to because uh, if you are even a relatively decent listener to the podcast, to the no ordinary pod you know how much i love rosen and steve smith is a baller um one of those few technician receivers that could play and could keep playing at a high level for a really long time but he kind of went on a tangent about how you know like you said rosen could have stayed and competed this and that yada 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 um but i thought it was kind of short-sighted because it wasn't necessarily in josh rosen's hands if he was going to get the opportunity to compete and afterwards, you know, um, they talked about the uh, – afterwards, they talked about – man, I lost my train of thought. Uh, it's all good. We're, we keep rolling here. We let mistakes we – let, we let mistakes come out. You're talking Rosen was out of his hands, the whole scenario with that. Yeah, he just it, – it, oh, I listened to the press conference for Josh Rosen mm-hmm. and they asked him about, you know, how he would have felt about having the, about having the opportunity to compete and whatnot. And I read in a sports illustrated article on it and he goes, I would have had no problem competing and I would have tried my best to beat him out. But if you draft a guy one year and then the next year you draft a guy at the first overall pick, you're just never that the, the original guy they drafted is never going to get a legitimate shot mm-hmm. because if he wins the starting job, it is just going to prove to the GM that he made a mistake twice. Yeah, that's a great way to and, put it. And that's what Josh Rosen said. And I was like, 
that's uh that's wise and it's true so he was like i would have i would have stayed i would have i would have tried to compete for the team i would have done what i've had to do but i don't think i would have been given a fair shake and that's just the reality of it when, which i agree when there was a sliver of doubt that kyler murray was not going to go play baseball the cliff kingsbury hype it's just escalated so much because we have the, there's the kingsbury clip i take one overall he runs an air raid offense he runs and kyler murray's one of the most perfect air raid court system quarterbacks that, that we've seen as a prospect and the Cardinals invested three I think three or four top 100 picks on offensive capital so it's clear they were going in that direction so the whole Steve Smith you know staying compete thing like I I feel like that's just for TV sake I know he's passionate I know Steve Smith's not the type of guy to do that but it seemed like it was more just I'm creating a story creating something than talking about the player and then josh rosen he he had a great statement everyone's like oh this guy this is the guy you said was whining and stuff josh rosen never publicly whined he just unfollowed a team on social media and that's a problem with social media is that it creates some people are searching like oh he if he followed players from this team he must be going there like antonio brown and george kittle follow each other and everyone's like oh he must be be, he must be pushing for a trade for the 49ers it's just childish stuff it's the media creating a story it's but hey it is what it is but besides that the trade was the Chris Greer, the general manager for the Miami Dolphins, traded, got an early 2020 draft pick from the New Orleans Saints in a second round trade down, and then flipped the Saints' original pick, which is second overall, in a 2025th to the Cardinals for Josh Rosen. And also, I'll add to that the uh, Miami was smart because the 62nd overall pick, that second round pick, was not their original second overall pick. Mm-mm. That's a late second round. They yeah. traded back from their original second round pick to six, 262. And so they also picked up a little bit more capital, but still traded a second round pick. They're getting so many assets. They're doing such smart things because teams are finally getting smarter where, you know, it's a first round pick. Well, if you're trading a 31, like the Seahawks have done this for years, they trade 31 and they'll be, then they have like 38 and 39 or 40 and 41. Like they get those two picks. The Colts traded back. They had three second round picks. And if you are good at evaluating talent down your board, you're going to get the players you want, especially in the plug and play system. Like they got Paris Campbell late in the second round. I'm pretty sure they got in the second round. And, He's the player that fits exactly what they want to do. They're going to expand his route tree. So it's brilliant from the Colts. And it's now we're starting to see the Dolphins do this. Because the Dolphins just kept, hey, we're going to keep trading back. We're going to keep getting these picks and all that stuff. Because we're not, we're not going to be aiming to compete this year. Which means we're not going to be tanking. Although everyone seems that they're going to finish in dead last in the NFL. But they're not. But they're, they're just not. They're establishing a culture. And before I let you take the floor, and if, if you like what they're doing, I want to look at their whole draft as a whole, besides Rosen and stuff like that. Micah Fitzpatrick, Christian Wilkins. Two of the most decorated play, college football players in recent time. Two leaders. Two very talented players they've got in the... I think they picked they picked 12 last year. I think they picked 12 last year. They picked 13 this year. They got two solid players. And they got an offensive lineman starter, Michael Jeter, out of Wisconsin, right away. So everything that they're doing makes sense. And now they have a quarterback where let's say let's say Rosen doesn't pan out. It depending on how you feel about Tua Taglavia Tagla, um, Tagla, Tua from Alabama, I can't pronounce the last name Taglavia. Hopefully that's right, close to it. You can draft him. You like Justin Herbert, you can draft him. Or say Rosen pans out and you have the top number three pick. Now you're in a situation where those teams Maybe the Bucks, the Patriots, all these teams that have a lot. There's a lot of free, the Broncos. They have Drew Locke, but you never know if Drew Locke's gonna pan out. They have all these people where they're gonna try to trade up, and they're gonna get even more, even a bigger haul moving forward. So, what are your thoughts on the draft today? Because I'm looking at this, and everyone's saying they all had, except Mel Kiper and a couple, but they had a a minus draft for, for what they did. I actually really liked what Miami did, and I read a Sports Illustrated article, uh, or no, not it was a different Miami beat writer article today talking about how people should be more excited about Rosen and the potential he gives you. And this is the scenario they brought up, and I actually really like it. Last year, that Arizona Cardinals team was 
wildly under talented, uh, extremely under coached, and they just looked sloppy and they played sloppy. Josh Rosen was thrown into a situation where not many quarterbacks are going to succeed, let alone a rookie quarterback. Um, they had a stat in there that he had the quickest uh, time in terms of like how, how much time before he got sacked. He had the fastest time in the NFL, was 32 out of 32. So had the worst offensive line uh, in that in theory, in that sense. He's essentially going to be taking going into a Miami situation that's eerily similar. Um, they're not saying that they're tanking, but they are tanking because uh, they're just trying to dra- uh, pick up as much capital as they can for the draft. Uh, they did not splash all that heavily in free agency in terms of trying to go signing any bigger names to help their team. They Finally. were just content. Yeah, it was smart. It, you know, just kind of be like, all right, this is where we're at. We need to clean slate before we start building back up, which is smart. But if you only give Josh Rosen a year to evaluate him and truly make an opinion on him, that's not that's not technically fair on the sense that if you look at what Josh Rosen did last year and it's it's not pretty in terms of stats um it wasn't pretty all the time in terms of play either because he you know he you're one of your favorite stats is uh yards per attempt Mm -hmm. and his was not where you want it to be uh because he was checking down a lot because he was having pressure in his face and so he's like all right I just gotta get the ball out so I don't get smacked right now um but this is what they this is what they proposed give him one year okay and let's say Let's say they end up with the number one overall pick, but they stick with Rosen. Let's say he does well enough to be like, all right, we'll give Rosen one more year because he still is on a rookie deal. Do you think he's going to beat out Fitzpatrick? Do you think they're going to give the franchise the Rosen right right this year? I don't know. I feel like they have but I th- to. I think at least by the end of the season, the last six, seven games, it, it'll be all Rosen the entire time I don't th- on a pure evaluation standpoint. I don't think Fitzpatrick's the best quarterback to be in the co- – I love Fitzpatrick, but that guy's a gunslinger. And you could see – Jameis has always been turnover prone, but you could just see how much the turnover was just infectious in that court- QB room last year at the Bucks. So hopefully – Rosen, I, if honestly for the Dolphins, you need to do a 16-game evaluation for on Rosen. Because if not, like we're saying, you'll have the number one pick. And if you have Rosen and he's your guy, you can get anything you want. I saw a mock for Todd McShay for 2020. I know it's very, very, very early. And there's going to be defensive players always defensive players always come um, come alive in these mocks and stuff. But there's Jerry Judy. This is an, the next year's wide receiver class is ridiculous. Oh, so you, awesome. you are in a position where you're going to have <clears throat> ample amount of cap room to get defensive talent. You're going to have draft picks. They have the uh, one right now. They have one in the first round, two se- two second round picks, a third, two fourths that they got in the Ryan Tannehill trade. They don't have a fifth, two sixths and two sevenths. It's a lot of capital to move up. It's a lot of capital to move up. Cap space. This could be a quick turnaround. If Rosen's your guy, it's a quick turnaround. Very quickly, so I didn't mean to cut you off on your little rant there, but you're, I'm just looking. Fine. I'm looking at the transactions. I'm just this is just what I'm seeing. What they uh, what they proposed was let's say you do get the number one overall pick in next year's draft, mm-hmm. and let's say you d- decide not to take a quarterback. You have two options: either you can get a stud at number one overall, um, in terms of a receiver, maybe a pass rushing guy, a game changer in at, at whatever position. Uh, kind of floats to the top or you can get one of those quarterback needy teams because there are at least two or three every single year that is going to want to trade up for Tua or for Herbert or whoever ends up being the number one guy number one quarterback next year and you Justin get Blackman bro say, James Blackman bro <laughs> don't laugh you never know you, you never know if you want to draft a string bean uh <laughs> giraffe Um, (laughs) but let's say you trade back and let's say you require another 2021 first round pick in that process something like that 
and you give Rosen one more year. You you pretty much say next year is just kind of like a prep year, and then the year after that, all right, Rosen, this is the chance you have to make it, like to see what you can do. But then at that point, let's say it doesn't go well. You end up, and let's say he gets eight, nine, ten games in, and it's just not going well. You start maybe buying for that, try to get that number one overall spot towards the end of the season, and that quarterback class is highlighted by Trevor Lawrence. Mm, yeah. God, he has great and he has great hair. Great hair. And he would be, that great hair would flow beautiful in South Beach. Oh, man, yeah. Get a nice little, oh, yeah. Yeah, so imagine just acquiring talent, just building a roster around it, and then getting your guy at quarterback. So either A, you're, and either way, you're balling on a rookie quarterback contract for the next two years and then some if you decide to stray away from the Rosen situation. <clears throat> Excuse me. But you got essentially a top 10 quarterback from last year's quarterback class, which was loaded for a 60, what, 62nd overall pick? Yeah. For a steal. And, and a 2020 fifth round. And that 62 overall pick was turned into Andy Isabella, a wide receiver from UMass. And his cap remaining, he has three years. I'm trying to do the math right now. Which you wish they eliminated 2018. But original contract was four years, 17.5 million. He's only on the books, dead cap. It'd be right now. It'd be a 1.2 cap hit if they wanted to cut him right now. Next year, two million. His third year, 2.8 million. And then which tw- is set, which is pocket change. Yeah, and then 2022, team option. Very very. This is just such a. We're not used to seeing this from the Dolphins. The guys who signed Sue to the crazy contracts. They 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 it's just signed a bunch of old players, and now they're finally doing something right. I don't think the Dolphins are going to be as bad as people think. They have a real coaching staff. Rosen's it's going to be Rosen or Fitzpatrick's team. I still have every single ounce of Devontae Parker stock one could have, although it seems like a lost cause. Uh, Kenyon Drake, Kaleem Balaj in the backfield. You have Christian Wilkins. You have Minka Fitzpatrick. Sean Howard. Pretty sure that's his name. Let me double check his names. I don't want to get him wrong. Like There's talent on this team, and they have a coach now. So it wouldn't shock me if they're not the number one overall. If they're not... Let me double check. It's really going to bother me if I got his name wrong. Who's? Let me look it up real quick. You know who I'm talking about? Their safety. Or DB. I don't... Miami? Yeah. Rashad that's, Jones. Rashad Jones. Oh, yes, gotcha, gotcha. yes, yes, yes. That's who it is. Sorry about that. There's... Ta- and it's... I love what Miami's doing. And that's very weird to say. I have a lot of fins up friends. I'm sure you have some fins up friends in Tallahassee. It seems like Tallahassee's just fin central up there. And they have to be okay with how their team's going right now. A calculated risk in Rosen costs you a fifth and a second, yet you already have two second rounds for next year, and you already have two sevenths and two fourths. There's just, it's just a brilliant deal from the Dolphins. Any closing thoughts? How do you think he's going to do? Let me, I'm going to look up their offense coordinator real quick. Just well, I'm I'm assuming he's going to be playing in a similar. I think they're uh, the old Chad O'Shea, Patriots quarterbacks coach. So they're going to be playing in that Patriots system, and I, for one, would have been a huge fan if the Patriots would have let him sit behind Brady for a year and then taken over. But Brady, we have no idea how long he's going to play. Um, the so Patriots drafted think- Jared Stidham, so. They draft a quarterback almost every year yeah. in some capacity because mm-hmm. um, they just love those rookie quarterback deals Yeah, because they know that they can train them to be good enough. Um, mm-hmm. So I think he has, I think, you know, um, I think he's going to have a shot. You know, people keep saying like, oh, I'm not a big Rosen guy. And I'm just looking at it like, what, ch- what don't, what do, what am I seeing that I, that everyone else isn't, or what is everyone else seeing that I'm missing? Um because I still am so high on him. I think he's I think he's given the right opportunity. And I think this adversity is only going to make him better. Because I, I, I read an article with his comments in it. And he's like, you know, this is the first... I'm a, I'm a rich kid and this is, this is good adversity. You know, this is the first time I've really had to face adversity. And it's going to make me better. 
Um, he realizes that he needs to come in every single day, be a good teammate, um, get to know his guys. You know, just it seems as if he's all in on trying to make this work. And he realizes he doesn't second opportunities do not fall from the sky and just all of a sudden land in your lap in the NFL. Very rarely do you get such a great second opportunity. Like he said, you don't always get another opportunity to make a first impression. And this is what he has in Miami mm-hmm. is another opportunity to make a first impression with a new coaching staff. Um, I'm optimistic. I wasn't ecstatic when I saw him go to Miami um, because there were, I just, I feel like this is a good way to put it. Barry Jackson is a 27 year Miami Herald veteran who covers South Florida's major sports teams. And he tweeted this out today. Spoken to multiple longtime NFL decision makers, front office execs, front office execs, this week, and all love the Rosen trade. One told me seven years ago Tannehill would always be average. He loves Rosen. Says he can take you to the next level if Dolphins construct a good team around him. And this guy is starting to get one over. That's from Barry Jackson. So you're winning over local media, and I just. And I'm I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not I'm not a Rosen guy, but this is a perfect situation for him. Yeah, in hindsight, and it's a perfect situation for Miami. Both of them have nothing like Rosen obviously has everything to lose, but Miami has nothing to lose by letting him, you know, see what he can do. Um and I really think that they need to give him they would be doing their due diligence to give him two years and not rush into getting a quarterback in next year's draft because I think it's more valuable to start building a team with using all that draft capital, especially when you already have a young rookie quarterback on a contract, give him two years to prove himself. You're not going to be more than likely. You're not going to be vying for a playoff spot in two years. This is, this is a three to four year plan that you're aiming for. So give him two years. If it doesn't pan out over two years, fine, then reevaluate and get your sky like a Trevor Lawrence. Um, And there are going to be other quarterbacks that are going to be coming out that are going to be starting this year that are be, that could be hot commodities. Uh, I mean, I hate to throw my Nebraska homage in here, but um, once, Adrian Martinez week, will be once a week. Adrian Martinez will also be a guy that has the potential to be coming out um, in that 2021 draft. And he'll be a dual threat type of guy. So if it is a dual threat type of guy that you want, that's 2021 quarterbacks. Right? Yeah. Okay, quarterbacks are getting quarterbacks are getting better in college football because they're starting passing leagues and they're starting to throw the ball more in high school. And they're starting to get better with reading the field. Quarterbacks are just going to continue to get better, in my opinion. I started that's starting in little league too, because when I was in, it was all running, running the ball, running the ball, running the ball, and then we were the only team my seventh and eighth grade year that ran a spread offense. We were in shotgun, and that was in seventh and eighth grade, and that was and that was in two thousand six and seven, two thousand five and six. It's just going to keep going down this road of spread 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 and quarterbacks getting pampered and all the rules are t- being targeted towards the offense although defensive pass interference challenging may do may throw some wrinkles and some stuff but i think it's a good place to leave the dolphins and before we get to our favorite draft picks of the whole draft let's go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and it was a very defensive draft so before people are like oh our offense like that i'm just gonna, i sent you this tweet Brian Byron Leftwich our new Bucks offense coordinator Said this at his press conference. He said he's in James's ear. James has been getting out. Of, he needs that James is, um, never leaving the never leaving the facility. All most of his decisions making are the mentality which he's working on, and the other thing is his decision is footwork, sloppy footwork. That's very prevalent from James. But he said this about our guy OJ Howard, and something that you've been saying a lot about the fact that no one's. Bruce Arians never had O.J. Howard. And he said this. He's never seen a guy like O.J. Howard. There's not many people like him on this earth. He's trying to figure out how many different ways he can use him because he is a matchup nightmare. And I sent that to, I sent to, I, to you. I sent that and said, oh, boy. And you said, oh, Lord, we're in for a treat. So, yes, the Bucks did not draft any. They drafted two offensive players. One of them was a kicker, which we will get to. Oh, well, we get to that. But they recognized their weakness, which is the NFL's worst pass defense for a couple years running. And they went all in on their first four picks. So we broke down Devin White. 
I like we love the Devin White. We they grew on us, although you know Josh Allen, but we understand the Devin White pick now. Next, second round, thirty nine overall went Sean Bunting, DBS, Central Michigan. What are your thoughts on that? Um, athletic freak. Um, and that's that's what he. That that's that's what he does. Is just he is just an athlete. Um, good speed, uh, good man to man. Six listed at six foot one ninety five. So adding uh, not like crazy length or speed, but has a good frame. Um, but I just enjoy adding more and more athletic dudes on our defense because you can teach athletes what to do and especially in such a such an aggressive Todd Bowles defense that runs a lot of that blitzes heavy and because they blitz heavy they go a lot a lot of man-to-man so you have to be athletic to be able to cover man-to-man it's most of the more unathletic or subpar athletes that play that are good corners in the NFL, they're good at zone because that's more of a mind game, knowing where to read and knowing where to put your eyes. But when it comes to man to man, you gotta be, you gotta have great technique and you gotta be able to move very well, especially with the receivers that have been coming out lately. Receiver talent almost is about to hit a premium um, in the NFL. If it already hasn't, because you and I like six different times of the season tried to rate our top five receivers, and it kept being different lists every single it's, time. It's it's tough because one week we'll talk about this guy, and then the next week, you know, Julio will go off for a huge game. We're All like, right. wow, you know, we left Julio off. Let's do it now. Things like that. <laughs> oh my god. Let's do it now. <laughs> All right. Receiver receiver order six point oh. All right. Antonio Brown. I think there's two. There's. We disagree because I think there's three locks. Between DeAndre Hopkins, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, those are three stone cold locks. And I think four. And five are Odell, and AJ Green. That's leaving off Michael Thomas, who I love to death. That's Keenan Allen. I you'll not meet a bigger Keenan Allen fan this side of Mississippi more than me. I love that guy. But those are my five, and it's chalk. But there's a reason chalk's chalk. Man, I'm looking at the top receiving sets from last year. I see your boy Devontae Adams. Um. Michael Thomas at the top with catches and stuff like that and catch percentage. Him and Christian McCaffrey. Well, Christian McCaffrey's different. So, I mean... I'd probably go any... I'm not putting them in... Not putting them in order, but as a collective... Excuse me. My top five. Probably go Antonio. DeAndre. And I say DeAndre because he's literally been he can he does not matter who's playing quarterback. DeAndre mm-hmm. is gonna ball. Nuke. That's the most impressive part about it. Mm-hmm. Is it does not matter if it's if it's uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick or um Brock Osweiler or Kirk Deshaun Cousins. Watson. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> does it. not matter. Uh... So Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, two for two. Odell for me. Okay, we got three. I can't wait to see Odell with Baker Mayfield. I'm smiling oh, so much. Um, Can they get on Hard Knocks again, please? They should. They really should. Because um, there's no other team I really want to have. Either them <laughs> or I would love to see John Gruden on Hard Knocks. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, that yeah. would be so much fun. You know you know, um, be, you know, be great as well? If... uh. They went to the Vikings, and we got this, and we got to see how bad of a leader Kirk Cousins is. Oh, that would make me so happy. Yeah. All right, you have three. Um, oh man. Oh. The what? actor, the actor who played Chewbacca died. Oh. That's that's devastating. I'm gonna pour, I'm gonna pour some water out for him. Peter Peter Mayhew, you're the man. Oh. 
All right, sorry. <laughs> Moment of silence for him. Yes, please. All right, continue. Unless you're continuing the moment Man, of silence, by all means. No, I'm I'm just struggling. I struggle with this all the time. Okay, I'm going to have to throw Julio in there. Um, okay, all right. Now we're four for four. But I think... Man, that's tough. Michael Thomas has Drew Brees. A.J. Green has had Andy Dalton. I know. That's why I have to lean towards A.J. Green. Five for but five. If, Come on. If I, had, if, I had, if I had to pick with my head... I have to pick AJ Green. Okay. If I'm picking with my heart or with a guy that I think is go- has the potential to be even bigger, I would probably go Stephon Diggs. Okay. This is another Asherball reference. Keep the head and the heart in there. What does your gut say? To it tells me to go Devonte Adams. Oh, <laughs> love it. Then Devonte Adams is your five. You got to trust your gut. Yeah. He, I love Devontae Adams. I, like I've said to Helder here before, I was in the training room all during training camp. People would come up to me, hey, who should I draft? I go, it does not matter who you draft, but if you have the chance to get Devontae Adams, literally take him. He will be the number one fantasy receiver. And everyone looked at me like, dude, you're crazy. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll just enjoy having Devontae Adams on my team. Yeah. He finished as the number one fantasy receiver in PPR. There you go. All right. Back to the Bucks and Sean Bunting. Athletic, not the best competition. He had a pick against Michigan State. He's a ball hawk, which is something the Bucks don't have. We have oh, we have terrible cover corners and no ball hawks, no turnovers. So we got bunting, big athletic freak. People in in the I think the analytic crowd when I was looking at that, they loved him. Jamal Dean, Jamel Dean, another Auburn DB, six foot, ran a four three at the combine. Very inconsistent. Getting the we traded back. We had a higher third round pick. We traded back. Got two. Got ninety four ninety nine overall. The one we used because it was compensatory for the third round pick for the second one. The Mike Edwards pick I love. I love him. From I love Kentucky defensive players. A and B. Have we had a guy since Rondé Barber? Not saying Edwards is Rondé Barber at all. Have we had a guy who can play in the slot or the box safety or play over the top? And that's a ball hawk. No. And that's what Mike Edwards is. We haven't had a solid DB since, like, I have. I don't remember the last awesome DB we've had since Rondé, Rondé Barber. I He's mean, we had Revis hitter. on it. Mm-hmm. But he oh, yeah, I forgot we here. had Revis. Yeah, I know. Nuts, right? Wow. One of, the dumbest, one of the dumbest trades the Bucks ever did. I cringed. Mind blown. Um, but yeah, guy can cover in the slot, go back and pl- can tackle hard hitter and gets and makes picks. I'm there. Coached up by Stoops, Mark Stoops, and guess who coached the Marcus Joyner? Guess who coached Terrence Brooks, another NFL safety? Guess who coached PJ Williams in Darby? PJ Williams in his first year, Stoops. Stoops is a phenomenal defensive coach. And I love the Mike Edwards pick. If if Jamel Dean, if he can get consistent, that he is going to be a monster. Because now he can bump and run. Because he has the speed to catch up. And that is big with DBs. Because if you can get physical and beat him off the line, that's perfect. But it's all going to be crossing patterns. That's, what's, that's what kills the Bucks in the middle of the field. So... Overall, I'm not one of these grade people. I wrote, I wrote an article at the Bucks draft. I don't grade because I need to see coaching and development. You can recognize need, and we drafted, and we go to the bottom, we drafted three defensive backs for the second straight season. Recognize a weakness, attack it. Now we have an abundance of options. We still have Vernon Hargraves who can play the slot, but most of the DBs we are drafting are tall, athletic freaks. We, we need to retire that word freaks because I feel like that's a derogatory. I feel like... That's just a weird thing. They're just tall, athletic human beings. And let's hope that they can pan out. So after that, we went round four. Anthony Nelson, defensive end slash linebacker out of Iowa. I I think this was the Bucks' best pick of the draft. Really? He, please, high please motor, think. high motor, makes plays, very diverse skill set rushing the passer. 
went to Iowa, so you know he's very well coached. I you watch Big Ten football more than me, but I was watching this guy. I'm like, this guy fell to the fourth round, one hundred seven overall. I like this. I this looking at draft people, they all said this was our best. This is our steal, our our best pick outside of Devin White, and I I I love this pick because we need defensive. We obviously need defensive line help, and this guy can play inside, can play outside, and we need we need to continue with high motor players. So hopefully. Hopefully he pans out because I love this as a fourth-round pick. I'll just speak to, yeah, like you said, I do watch a lot of Big Ten football. Um, Iowa's not my favorite team, but I do respect the type of pros that they put out. Um, they had two first-round tight ends. Um, George Kittle's an Iowa grad and was is arguably the top five, top three tight end. The boys there are strong. Iowa uh, has great O linemen year in year out, and farm, farm boys, baby. Exactly, and so the, he's going up against really solid competition in practice against that O line. And like you said, they're very well. Co- that's what they do best. That's why they get drafted because they are very well coached. They're very like cognizantly uh, and on a mental standpoint, they're very sound in um in their responsibility. They understand the game of football. Um, more so than some other schools that might, at least to me, it seems that they understand the game of football and the implications of what's going on each down and what they're reading and why they're doing it, other than just being athletic freaks like you see sometimes, honestly, at like schools such as LSU, where you just see guys fly into the ball because they have awesome instincts and they're crazy athletic. But Iowa just gets it. Iowa's one of the most consistent teams in the country, and they will almost always have eight wins. And depending on schedule and the type of talent that they have um, at quarterback, they can get all the way up to 11, 12 wins. Um, so like you said, I think this is a great pick, especially when we're trying to transition to um, a, a more of a 3-4 style. Like I said, 3-4-4-3 four, four, is kind of more outdated because every team runs nickel uh, as their base. But if you're trying to run an odd front where you can have three down linemen, four linebackers up, or three down linemen, three linebackers up, and five, and five DBs, he's a great guy to put... Um, to put one on one against a tackle, um, because he's six seven, two seventy one, so he's tall. He has length. He is strong. Um, he's not going to kill you with like his speed rush by any means, but technically sound um, and going to get the job done. So if everyone else is saying that this is a steal, I was actually very surprised <clears throat> when I saw this pick come across. I was like, wow, he's still like like you said. I was like, hey, he's still on the board. Um, but yeah, very solid pick. Um, and this might have been your favorite pick, but um, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into it. Oh, God. We did it again. We did it again. What? Are you going to the kicker? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm curious to hear your thoughts because I think we are on polar opposite ends of this. I'm okay with, I mean, would he have been there in the sixth or seventh round? That's my that's that's one big thing I'm gonna I'm asking, and the other thing is, if he pans out, that's great. He was automatic from forty yards, forty to forty nine yards, and he missed ten of sixteen from fifty plus yards, and I think three of those are blocked. I, he's twenty five years old. He's I'm pretty sure he's a member of the latter of the um. Church of the Latter Day Saints. Pretty sure that's what Mormons are called. They're, that's what they practice. You know more it about them than me. See, <laughs> uh, South Park taught me that. Um, and so he's experienced, but did he have any big kicks in for Utah? That's one thing. And the next thing is, is he automatic, as you would think? I know Utah has some of the best special teams over the past couple years because of Gay and their punter, but is this guy going to solve our kicking woes in your in your opinion? You sounds like you, you think he will. I think so. I watched a lot. Uh, I have two, two of my best friends go to Utah, and it, it disappoints me that I watch more Utah football than they do. Um, I love Utah football, man. I love their coach. What's his name? Witherspoon, not Witherspoon, like Cunningham, Winningham, Cunningham. Kyle Whittingham. They're Whittingham. I knew it was a combination of those two. (laughs) They're a big big Samoan team. Yes, they get a lot of Samoans. A lot of Samoans, uh, a lot of those Polynesian guys are actually Mormon. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. And and it it helps. Like your boy Monte Uh, Teo. 
Catfish. Oh man, what what a time in the NFL that was in college football that was. Um, but you know, I watched a lot of. He punted for them, I'm pretty sure as well. Um, and he was the Lou Groza Award winner, not this, not 2018, but the year before. Yeah, tw- he was a finalist last year, but 2017 winner. Um, I'm excited about this because he has the leg strength uh, that you would want to be able to 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 kick those to get the kicks that we need done. Um, and I, I I read he was not expecting to get picked at this point. He said when he saw the eight one three area code, he was shocked. He was like, "There's no way that this is happening right now." But hey, it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was always their most clutch guy, and. I'm just going to pull up because for him, this is what, this is what it was. Utah football had a great, um, pretty much always has a really solid defense. That's what they pride themselves off. They get really solid defense. They, they shorten the game with their run game and they have good special teams. I love Devonte Booker when he was there. And he, um, I'm just reading a little bit here. Yeah, so he kicked for him. Um, has a huge, has a huge leg. But he was always the Utah did not score a lot of touchdowns this year. Did not did not score a lot of touchdowns this year. I'm looking at his NFL.com. Uh, strengths and weaknesses. I didn't know this. He made a 62-yarder in their red and white spring game. Mm. He gotta has connected... Lo- gotta, gotta love those kicks so there's no one rushing you. He's connected 72% of his kicks from 50-plus while at Utah. So he's just almost 3-for-4 from 50-plus. Um, he had the best field goal percentage above expected in the nation at 5.6%. So um, what that means is the probability of him, like, before he kicks it, like, what he should what the probability of him making it, um, he was 5.6 above that projection. And 71% of his kickback, or if his kickoffs went for touchbacks. Um, The only issue, like you said, is are those blocks. Um, Because sometimes he does get the ball a little too low. But... I was reading an interview with him. He has never um, had a kicking coach before because Mm. college football staffs are limited to how much, how much staffing they can have, how much paid staffing they can have. Yeah. And I was reading, I mean, the special teams for context, special teams coach is usually like when I was there, it was Charles Kelly, a linebackers coach. And then Jay Graham, the running backs coach, not kicking specialist. Exactly. And even this year at FSU, there was no one there was no one there was one guy who oversaw the special teamers but in terms of him actually coaching them and doing anything of that nature there were none that was unheard of I, I never saw a single thing they kind of ran their own practice essentially yeah I'm and not, not going to talk about what, what special teamers did when I was there <laughs> sounds good <laughs> um, but he said that he's never had a, a one-on-one kicking coach before and the bucks have so like they have so much staff they've hired so many coaches because i don't think there's a limit to how many coaches you can have Mm-mm. or at least how many paid assistants in some capacity you can have in the nfl like what you what you can pay and what you're willing to pony up is what you're willing to pony up you got to pay them and you're paying the highest price because you're at the professional level but it is what it is and he said it's going to be great being able to work with someone one on one and be able to. Ha- and I guess it's a former NFL kicker. I can't. I don't remember his name. Um, Let me look it if up. If you real don't, quick. if I'm you don't mind looking I'll, that up I'll, for me, I got you. Bucks and kicking coach. And so he's go. It's going to be. It's going to be interesting to have someone that's going to give me feedback. That's going to be going through all those emotions, all those feedbacks with me. Um. While I'm while I'm practicing vying for a spot. And I saw another quote from whoever the coach is 
um, once you get the name. I saw on Twitter that he said, um, bro, we got we said, got Antoine Randall. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh really? Oh dude, our staff. You weren't kidding. Our staff is crazy. It's loaded, bro. We even have a female on staff, which is great. She's yeah, an assistant D line coach, which is <laughs> sweet. Assistant strength and conditioning coach Marl Java Defar. I don't want to hope they didn't botch that. We have an assistant special teams coach. We have two of them, Cody Grimm and Amos Jones. Dude, our staff has Larry Foote, the former Pittsburgh linebacker. We got. Um, I love seeing. Bowles and Brian Le- Byron Leftwich and Harold Goodwin though that's awesome and Bruce Arians rocking his little uh, kangaroo hat. All right, was I looking up? I looked. For, I looked up Buckskin coach. You didn't look at me. You keep going. I'll try, I'll interrupt you if I find it. But like I said, you know he's going to have that feedback from someone that's actually been in those situations um, as the kicking coach. He's going to have someone that's been there, done that. And while maybe maybe. Uh, Matt Gay doesn't have, you know, those clutch kicks that you would like to see or anything like that. He was he was efficient and he got he got it done. You know, I'm reading his player bio. He tried to walk on it. Uh, he tried to walk on at BYU. BYU didn't want him. He went on a two year mission. Um, he played soccer at Utah Valley in 2014-2016, um, and then walked on at Utah, and then. Before the 2017 year, and then that year he won the Lou Groza Award, and he hit all 40 of his extra points, connected on a nation-leading 30 of 34 uh, field goals, 88.2 percent was fifth best in college football, um, and hit five of six tries from 50 plus, including a long of 56. Um, I'm excited about this. This I, I cringed. I was I was like I wanted. When we drafted Aguayo, I was ex- I wanted Aguayo, but like like everyone else said, why would you draft a kicker in the second round? Um, and it was just too much hype. But they're preaching to this to their special teamers, one kick at a time. Just worry about going one for one. Just worry about going one for one. It doesn't matter. You're not competing against each other. You're competing against yourself. It's like golf. You're trying to go one for one, and you can only eliminate yourself. No one can necessarily outperform you other than you underperforming yourself. Go one for one, do what you got to do, move on to the next kick. And he's a big boy. Um, he's listed at six foot 232. Um, so he's not just some small kicker. So he has a whole lot of power behind him. Um, I don't want to s- say that he's going to be. Uh, you know, I, I always think Sebastian Janikowski's he's done in the NFL. Retired. But congratulations on a great career. See Cal. But another guy who had great, a huge leg, but as the tail end of his season came along, he struggled with accuracy. And I'm not, I'm not saying that Matt Gay is going to be replacing, replacing him, but I have this kind of theory in that the universe has to fulfill its quota and has to fulfill the roles that are left in it to keep its equilibrium and with sebastian janikowski sebastian janikowski out potentially we could have matt gay who's also a bigger kicker i'm I'm actually going to look up janikowski's um sebastian janikowski thing is is we is the Aguayo taste going to be taken out of our mouth? Is that terrible taste that's lingered? Is the kicking curse? We've had 10 kickers since we cut Matt Bryant. 10. Once you find one, you're set for 10 to 15 years. Which is why Justin Tucker just got a four-year deal with the richest kicker ever. And we, I, I don't even, count- we, don't, we don't even want the greatest kicker in the world. We just want a guy who can make consistent extra points and and will not kick us out of the game. That's it. If Matt Gay's th- the guy, perfect. If he's not, Jason Lick's going to be fired anyway, prop, if we have a bad season again. So, take Matt Gay with you and just just let it go. I'm excited. 
I hit up my I hit up my best friend Zach as soon as I saw that, and I go, "This is a great pick. This is this is gonna this is gonna pan out well." I think another thing help that's gonna help is Aguayo was so young when he came out, um, and hadn't really dealt with a whole lot of adversity. Um, but Matt Gay has, you know, he he, I, I hate to say it, um, but he he's gone on a two year mission, and those missions are not easy by any means. Um, he tried to walk on at BYU, didn't. Uh, was a walk on at Utah and then ended up being put all bet on himself more so than anyone else and was the Lou Groza Award winner. I think he has a good head on his shoulders. I think he's not going to be uh, caught up in the being too much in the limelight. And I think he only has a chance to get better because he has all the tools that you would want um, as a kicker. And. I know I, I know a lot of people aren't happy with it because of the, our kicking history and especially with Aguayo and everything, but I'm excited. All right. I'm 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 personally I'm really excited. Right. I could be I could be totally wrong, but we'll see. The beauty of all of this man I, is we'll see. I'm optimistic. All right. Let's Either just kick- hope he doesn't miss his. Let's just hope he doesn't miss his first kick oh, like Aguayo did. I hope after that it, he was cursed. I hope we don't even kick him in preseason. I'm. I literally have not. I don't remember the last time I watched a. Um. A. Buccaneers kick. I'm just like. I just. I'm like. Nope. Not watching it. But finish his draft. We got a speedster from Bowling Green in round six, number two eight overall, and Scott Miller from Bowling Green. Um. Sure. It's cool. Then in round seven, we drafted Terry Buckner, Terry Beckner Jr. out of DTAC from Mizzou. Mizzou has produced great defensive linemen, but that's thing of the past. So, like the draft, address defense, defensive special teams, offense go. One thing is running back. We did not draft the running back. I saw Brian Levich had a quote today that he said he likes Peyton Barber a lot, makes the right cut, makes the right read, all that stuff. Ronald Jones Jr., let's hope, man. You and I bought the Ronald Jones stock the second we got the second we drafted him i hope he builds up so quick very quickly what are your thoughts on the bucks not drafting running back would you rather have them gone running back instead of the miller pick from bowling green in round six although there may not have been too that many great running backs at that point let me let me see what other who was taken i have this pulled up very um let's see rodney anderson was drafted to for out of Oklahoma was drafted uh, four picks later. Wouldn't rather have him. Um, and then, in terms of seventh round running backs, Mike Weber, mm, nah. Um, maybe Kareth White Jr., the FAU guy. Um, small, quick, speedy guy who's essentially like an insurance policy to Tariq Cohen, in my opinion. Um, Miles Gaskin, maybe, but I don't really think he adds a whole new element to that running back room. Um, no, I'm I'm cool with it, and like like I'm a, I was as big of a Ronald Jones fan coming out, and he was the guy that I wanted uh, in the second round last year, and it's who we got. And like we've said, like I've said before, it was it was a tough situation for him moving from all the way from California to here. He's a young guy. Um, had to learn how to be on his own all over again in the NFL, had to learn how to be a professional. And I think it was tough on him, but if he can learn from it and improve from it, and if it seems as if he's going to have the support, especially with a new coaching staff, like, like we said with Rosen, you don't always get a second opportunity to make a first impression. And that's exactly what he has this year. So it's the best possible thing moving forward for Ronald Jones. Um, Peyton Barber is a has been a solid, solid running back for us over the past couple years, and hopefully our offensive line and our run game can kind of pick it up a little bit to allow those holes to be a little bit open. And if they can be a good one-two punch between the two of them, um, and Ronald Jones can kind of get over his yips that he had from last year, I don't think this offense needs a highlighted running back. Not when you have Mike Evans on one side, Chris Godwin on another, two phenomenal tight ends. Um and who's going to be playing that third? Who's going to be playing that third receiver slot? Probably Sean Perriman. <laughs> you got Prashard. You could you could easily put Mike Evans on one side as the flanker. You could put Prashard as 
the outside receiver the again. Outside receiver stretching the field, oh, and then Chris it. got Chris oh. Godwin in the slot. <laughs> oh man <laughs> what a match you talk about two matchup nightmares in the middle of the field what do you do when you got chris godwin on one side and and, and, and oj howard lined up tight on the other Ugh. what what where do you defend what what do you do you can't you don't need a stellar running back not if Jameis can make a right decision and get his footwork under underneath of him and make make sure he's processing things properly he has all the talent to make like i've said make any throw in the nfl from the worst to the best but Stop. I can't I can't take any. I know. I, I'm I right there with you, bro. All right. So let's keep the running back um running back going because there were plenty that we you and I both love this draft. So we already talked about Bama's own Josh Jacobs. Went Who? to went to Oakland. Love that pick. Next running back off the board, Miles Sanders to Philadelphia. We're gonna do then it went our boy. Daryl Henderson to the oh, to the Rams, perfect for that zone scheme. Which you know what it's you know what it says in the right. The Bucks the Bucks forfeited that pick. That's the only thing that makes me sad. I know. Uh, and then David Montgomery, my favorite running back went, from Iowa State, went to the Bears. Devin Singleton, Devin Singletary to the Bills immediately afterwards. God, I love the Bills. We need to do a full Bills podcast next. Them. Damien Harris from Alabama to the Patriots, the guy who, you know, played ahead of Josh Jacobs. So, all of these then, then Alexander Madison from the Vikings, that was very funny. Um, Bryce, Lo- I don't think Bryce loved the Washington. Justice Hill to Baltimore, love that pick. Uh, and just stuff like that. So, out of all of those, we have five minutes tops left. Which rank your favorite out of those five? Daryl Henderson, Miles Sanders, Daryl Henderson, David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, and Damian Harris. What are your favorite five of those in terms of match, in terms of where they were drafted? Um, in terms of, like I'll agree. go in terms like, of what I, feel like I, we agree, I feel like we agree at the top with Daryl Henderson. Yes, I just don't know. He's well, he's my favorite. Um, I even if I don't get Todd Gurley in fantasy this year, I am drafting him and literally just storing him until because Todd Gurley history of injuries, um, and I'm just keeping him until maybe the big bear goes down and then they got a plug that's going to be right on path of where they want it to be. The zone um, scheme, especially a home ooh, runner, beautiful. Oh, it makes me dance in my chair. Um, I'd probably go there. I'd say Miles Sanders to Philly is. About they need the athleticism there, and they finally got it. I I really like that one. Um, I love all the that, running backs. They have I know. Oh, I love this running Sanders, back class. Jordan, no, Philly has Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders. They still have Jamal Adams, a guy I loved from Notre Dame who played well. Wendell Smallwood, I think, still on the books. Like they have a lot of a lot of things. But continue with your uh, with number Trace. I'd probably say Singletary would probably be my third favorite. Because he's gonna hide behind that Buffalo O line and mm-hmm. just find he what Matt Waldman said about Singletary is everything that I he doesn't have great speed, doesn't have great athletic, does not have great anything, but he does everything pretty solid. But his best attribute is he slow plays linebackers that can't see him and then he shoots through the hole. This dude has the best vision in had the best vision in this draft. And guess and that's and guess, why guess who he's playing behind too? Probably a direct comp. Frank Gore. Oh, Frank Gore. Exactly. Oh, man. So I'm so excited to see what he can do and what he can learn from Frank Gore. Um, and I'm so excited for Buffalo. And Say oof, it again, man. Look, man, hey, I'm they're so prob- excited they're, they're for Buffalo. Gonna, they're probably going to cut Shady McCoy because they have Alfred Blue. And they have TJ Yeldon, Frank Gore, and now Devin Singletary. I so will. number, f- I'm, glad, I'm so glad you're on the Bills bandwagon now. Number four, uh, you have Montgomery. Montgomery. Yes. Montgomery to the Bears is exactly what they wanted and exactly what they needed. In my in my opinion, you took exactly what you had in Jordan Howard, and all you did was upgrade mm-hmm. on a cheaper on a rookie deal. Phenomenal then, pick. Yeah, and then lastly, Damian Harris, a guy who's just a solid running back. I like the Wingman turning back staples. I think your boy um, Sexy Rexy Burkhead. I think he's he's too injury prone. James he's on White. The out now, James yeah. White. James White is literally the perfect Patriot turning back. Literally a PPR god in fantasy. Sony Michelle went healthy, solid. But now you have Damian Harris, a guy who can do it all. 
very high ball security. Just love that pick. And then, I mean, it's just, this was a very, not dominant running back class, but a very niche running back class. If Bryce Love hits for the Redskins, you have Geis and Love. Justice Hill, man, thank you, Baltimore. You got Boykin. You got in the you got in the first round. Who they draft? AJ no not AJ Brown. They got Hollywood Brown. Now they get Justice Hill, a dude all running back to go with Mark Ingram. I can't wait for them. Um, so yeah, that's all the time we got for today. I mean, Benny Snow Jr. going to Pittsburgh's funny. Uh, that's all we got time for today. Very quickly, Eagles getting DK. I mean, Seahawks getting DK Metcalf is awesome. I'll leave it on that. We'll be. I. We'll, I mean, roll through another hour, Noah. Another hour. Your finals are done. You're relaxed. Next week will probably be a very relaxing podcast for you, for me. New job starting soon for me. I'm gonna be on the. I'm gonna be on the golf course way too much. Way too much. But hey, there's no such thing as more golf. So Noah, thank you for hopping on. Congratulations on another dean's list. Dean's list semester for you. Enjoy your thank time you, thank off. You. Enjoy your summer. Will too. Thanks for having me back on the and, No Ordinary Podcast. Yes, and everyone, keep watching Game of Thrones because there's a 96% chance we talk Thrones over the next three weeks when things get dire. I haven't talked any basketball yet, just a lot of football. But, hey, everyone, have a good weekend, and thanks for checking us out on the No Ordinary Pod on the Radio St. Pete Network.